Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. We're away and laughing. Good morning everyone. Welcome, welcome to our last meeting of the year. Does anyone know what member, uh, number of meeting this is? 496. Yeah, you're wrong. Even I don't. I think it's 434 uh, Elite Six meeting of the year. And if you do your maths right, we actually uh, have nine meetings each year. And we uh, times that by 50, 48. And then there's a couple of holidays in there as well. Because I always remember that real clever kid, I know, and he was asked to work out the time, how many minutes Big Ben chimed. And they thought he'd got it wrong. And then they said, oh, no, it stopped for seven days during the war. <laughs> so when I say 434, at least six minutes, I could be wrong. And actually when they did it up, they also stopped it. When they, when they yes, did they the did refurbishment, they stopped it. Is that right? <laughs> when he was asked, we're going to get still make it digital. <laughs> right. So the, the theme of today has been discussed at all our meetings this week. And does anyone remember what the theme was? Cool. And we, we've come up with some pretty good scenarios. Um, so just to paint the picture of today's events, is what is a one-man band? To me, a one-man band is that guy that you see all set up um, with his instruments on the side of the road. And often, here's Elise from the Mortgage Girls, who are on the way to ring you this morning. I saw your billboard. Yes! Yes. And this is Michelet. Michelet. It's a beautiful name. So I will forget that in three seconds. Michelet. Yeah. So we've just had a, um, what do they call people who turn up fashion in yeah. Alright, so um, if you were to visualise having a uh, one-man band on the side of the road, I asked the question, and that is, what is he playing the music for? Enjoyment. Enjoyment? That's what he's playing for. Money. Money? Okay, so how come one-man band, or people who are artists, or people who are uh, passionate about photography often aren't um, successfully uh, known as wealthy people. Mm -hmm. You're being an artist, you get rich when you're dead. Excellent! Yeah, we'll kill true. the one-man people in the street. That's, that's yeah. the I like your style. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the problem. I think we get mixed up with our passion and what we like doing. But when we, um, this morning at my meeting, I asked people what they did well in business that actually made them money this year. And that creates people thinking that there's a purpose for what we do. And if you have a purpose in what you do, um, I asked, I went around seven people and I said, what made you money? Where was the, where did you get your money out of your business? And I said, why don't we just go away and get more of that? Not everyone is paying for money. So people are paying for passion. So then I suggested throughout the week, that why don't we, um, I gift you all something. And it was 10 hours. I'm going to give you 10 hours. Somebody's going to come into your business and take 10 hours away from you each week and do something that you don't want to do and you want to outsource it. And the question was, what would you get them to do in your business? <laughs> Accounting. Anyone else? I liked Marketing and sales? I liked, well, um, in our group, it was, can you take 10 hours and consolidate it so I can have six weeks off in a year? I like that one. Yeah. Yes, can you, he wanted to accumulate it. The thinking like that is why we're entrepreneurial. Yeah. Anyone else? Social media. Social media. So, uh, can 
I, I presume 50% of people in here could afford to hire somebody for 10 hours a week. So the question is, why don't we? So what I got out of all the discussions this week was people were quite happy being a one-man band, and they quite like the music they create. I think and we don't do it, though, because we want control, and we don't want to hand control to other people, because we don't think they'll do it as well as us. So it's a loss of control. But that 10 hours doesn't have to be a control thing. It could be something that you hate doing. Quite possibly, yeah. The one I like from James, the picture framer, he said, stay out of my shed. Go do my, uh, I think he's hinting at me, it's just a flatmate. Copy, but, yep. but he wanted uh, somebody to do the lawns. He wanted somebody to do the windows, right. clean the house. Yeah. And I thought, well, I like that thinking too. Mm. It doesn't have to be in your job. Mm. Because I, I feel I'm really, I feel I'm a good artist, but I need to focus on what makes me the money. And I might not be good at playing that, what's that thing with the accordion? accordion. Um, so then I introduced somebody else into my business, and I said, look, I'm going to carry on playing the same tune, but you can come along and you can sing to the music I make. Now that's another way of looking at it. So you can carry on doing what you're good at, but introduce somebody to do something else, like diversifying. Get somebody to come into your job, into your business, that stops you making the noise and turns the noise into music. Yep. Mm. Uh, now you've spoken, I thought about what you said when I asked that question. And you said you're a conductor in your business. And then I asked the question, have you ever seen anyone playing and conducting at the same time when you've gone to watch the symphony orchestra? Can you imagine the conductor getting into the, into the audience, and, uh, into the band, and say, right, I'm going to start playing and I'm going to conduct at the same time. So there's, that's when you start diversifying and, and getting stuff. Nick? So for those who want to stay one-man bands, who don't want to bring someone else in because they want to do that, why can't you get your 10 hours by having better systems? Uh, better better, better systems. Better oh, ways of yes. doing things. Yeah. Can you find efficiencies within what you're doing that will give you that 10 hours back that way if you don't want to have someone else for 10 hours? Do you need somebody in for 10 hours to begin with to find those yes. efficiencies because I don't know them because I don't know them? Yes. And sometimes it takes a second pair of eyes to figure out where you've got loopholes and what you can do. So I think we remember on Wednesday saying that your system's that's so good, but you're good at doing something. Yeah, people exactly. Going to know what your system's are. Yeah, it's like a mechanic's car. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or a... Do what I say, not as I do. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, Sean, do you think I look incompetent? Just because the memory card got full last week and I'm not grabbing all the recording gear does not mean I'm going to do it again. I did actually uh, wipe the memory card. Sorry, interrupted by Sean. I was just going to ask if you wanted an answer to whether you looked incompetent or not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but so we had some um, really good discussions around the there's things that um, you can do in your business. Um, I had a client. I set up their email yesterday. He has seven thousand emails in his inbox. Ouch. And he has a few folders where he's you know got potential jobs in different folders. And I'm looking at that thing. Wow. I mean, I have currently have eleven emails in my inbox. I yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who actually you would think would be the most 
detailed, specific person, and yet she has never moved an email out of her inbox. Yeah. And I work it. on an empty inbox policy, yeah, and so it freaks yeah, me out. I can do it. So, is, do I not get mail? You get lots of it, but you organise it. You organise it. I have a, I have a rule of a job can be done in two minutes. You do it straight away. Yep. That, that saves me forward fifty percent of my email. But what about when you want to go back to that email to? Just reconfirm and think, right, okay, now I just I need to check in on that email. It's, it's, it's not deleted, it's in a folder that says... Yeah, but doesn't that clog your system? Okay, no, easy. No, I, call okay. it, I went to a three-mic seminar 20 years ago. Uh, Mike Mayo, the cookie time guy, Mike Piero, and the guy Mike who did the signs all in Wellington. And I learned more from that guy in Wellington. He said every time he gets an email, he plays tennis. And he just sits it back. So I usually ask a question. Somebody comes to me, where's my order? Uh, have you got an order number? And then I delete it. Uh, now, my outbox is where all my important mail is, right. and that's what I search. Whereas we have like email, a folder for every client, so every yeah. client's, uh, all their audit trails and all their emails and anything we've got is in their folder, and it will, when the emails come back through, it will, if you've got a trail of them, it will automatically attach to that folder, so then you just can go back into that folder and you can go down everything. Who knows how to set up filters in their email system? One. Right. That's that's where uh, I always give Helen a bit of a hard time. I love it a bit. <laughs> but um, I use shortcuts. On my emails, I've got uh, five words I use. And I pre-write a paragraph. It's pretty much the same every time. So if somebody says they're unhappy, I literally have unhappy and it will propagate uh, an email with 150 words on it, basically telling them why they should be happy, not unhappy. <laughs> And then I said, where's my order? Bang, I have one word. Uh, but when you're sitting here and you're typing these things over and over again, and you look at that, uh, that stuff you're doing all the time, so I mean, rather than hiring somebody else and having 10 hours taken up, why not try to be more productive with our time? You know, embrace technology, use filters, you know, group people together. You know, then when somebody rings you up, you can actually get quite personal with them and say, yes, I'm familiar with your order, you know? And the room more quiet. <laughs> Turn and lock the door. Uh, Nigel, sir. I'd like to have 10 hours with somebody who I could bounce stuff off. So, sometimes you yeah. <laughs> someone in your own professional, really. So sometimes you just get to the point where you can't really move forward without getting some other interaction with someone who knows it. But not slightly different. Almost yeah. like a critical friend? Yeah, something like that, that you could... Then you can sort of sit down and sort of jam with, basically. And, and sort have you and got, sort. like, in your industry, have you got some professionals and like-minded, like, I created a group of mortgage brokers that we caught up with, um, like, every fortnight, so we could do exactly that when we first started. All right. That's brilliant stuff. Um, because yeah. it's, like, it's a team that we, we've got kind of different specialities, but we're all in the same industry, but we can bounce ideas off. It's a bit different now because we've got a bigger team, so we can bounce ideas off everyone internally. Yeah. But we still there will still be certain deals that I'll bring one of those guys and say, "This is the situation. Like this is the way I'm looking at it. How would you look at it?" And because right. with my in my job, you get one scenario, but there's so many different avenues that you can look at and how you can structure it and which bank to go to and what's going to be the best scenario for the client. Yep. What do they say? There's more than one way to skin a cat. So, and I'm imagining with your industry, yeah. it's you the same. Yeah. 
There are groups in our industry. You know, I'm in a small architects group meeting, yes. and there'll be about 15 of us, similar to this, and there are drafting architectural groups out there. Right. Where you do the same as what we're doing here, you bounce some ideas. Okay. And you're one, one, one of the nicest yeah. things I facilitated was actually getting five, five sparkies together to have a beer. And they're all small to medium, well, they were just one man bands actually. And I thought that was pretty cool. And they were all a bit shy at the moment, and they believe they're sort of opposition, but once you've got, that's what I like about these, this group we're doing here. We're, you know, we might have overlapping industries, but I guarantee you no one ever does the same thing the same way. Unless you want some Cadbury's and go to the supermarket and get some chocolate. Right, you know? Don't do that. Okay, I won't do that. All right. Um, so um, yeah. So during the week, um, I did glean quite a bit out of having the conversation. So I'm a wee bit ahead of the conversation, maybe. But personal development is something that I thrive on. Uh, I've talked about with the other groups how we we run our businesses for the first two years and we work our butt off and we just keep applying ourselves and then we get a business and then we sort of back off and cruise a little bit. But sometimes it's like we're running on half the tank of. Uh, petrol rather than a full tank so you know what's some things that we do to charge ourselves up so that we have got game face on uh, one of the young real estate agents was saying he gets quite depressed and I said of course you do you're in one of the top <laughs> professions that are hated and I said so how do you battle with people giving you a hard time about being a real estate agent all the time and he said well I don't handle it very well and it actually physically gets me down and I said so what do you do in that process you know, so he needs to recharge himself somehow. So he said it might be a holiday, but then they need money, and then all the other pressures come onto it. So what about you guys? Um, David Clarkson and then Segura? That, that whole personal development thing, I think, is, is, is pretty jolly important, because let's face it, you know, we, we don't know what we don't know. And you've got to put yourself in, in positions where you can find out what it is that you don't know and then do something about it. One of the interesting thing about the groups, though, is that how often you heard that term, um, I've forgotten more than I've ever learned. Yeah. Okay? And I think one of the benefits of having the groups is in actual fact to remind yourself sometimes about the important stuff that maybe you've overlooked or forgotten. And because it, it'll come up in the course of the conversations, the, the real conversations. And I think. That's one of the great things for personal development. I, I just think what you said is, is my life, because I have got a memory like a goldfish and it literally goes out the window. And when I hear gems, I have to retain it. And if I don't write them down, but you guys probably think you've got good memories and that was good. As soon as I hear something, somebody showed me something this morning that they saw on a um, sandwich board. And I said, oh, can you share that with me now? Within 30 seconds, that's on our closed Facebook page. I, I really thought that was of value. So, and I don't want to lose that moment. So are you guys losing moments, or are you just listening to the noise of these one-man bands playing and sharing this awesome music and going, wow, what a great concert, or are you taking that information in and trying to use that somehow to make your sound better? Um, so here. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you were saying about downtime, this, this real estate agent who gets depressed and doesn't actually give himself some downtime. What I encounter an awful lot with a lot of the clients that I see with pre-burnout, burnout sort of stage is that they don't know what calms them down. They save it all up for that one-week holiday. <laughs> and they don't actually know they can dip down into aspects of their lives or activities in their life that actually help them recharge. Can you give us a couple of examples of downtime you could do during the day, on a daily basis? 
daily basis? Well, look, if you're working with an introvert, some, oh, you've got to remember with an introvert and an extrovert, you're not one or the other, you're on a scale between the two. So someone who's more introvert than extrovert, their downtime is going to be on their own. So they actually need to go out perhaps for a walk around the block during lunchtime just to be on their own to recharge. Other people may have people around them, they might be more extrovert. So they need to find an activity during the day where they can actually connect with other people to recharge. Um, so what I get a lot of my clients to do is to do two lists. One, everything that drains them, because we all know what we don't like. Right? So you write an exhaustive list of everything that drives you. People as well, because you can spend half an hour someone want to put a gun to your head. So no, everything that drains people. <laughs> <laughs> but then oh, on the flip side, with a fresh glass of wine, write down everything that energizes you and lifts you. And the idea is to do less of A and more of B. But it's also your plan B, because when you're having a pissy pot day and you're really feeling miserable, you can look at your plan B and you've got options because you won't remember them for a plan B. So I, I keep mine on a little business card and it sits in the back of my purse and I've got 10 options immediately. If I'm in a busy pot mood, I know what I can do for myself. I, I want to ask people here now, what, um, you said two lists, one that drains you. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying, I might find that negative in my way here and I'm not saying it's negative, yeah. but things that drive you that make you the person you are, if anyone got the things that they do every day to keep them in the right frame mindset. We're talking mindset. So walk here. on the beach every morning. Yep. Okay, okay. anyone else? Tai Chi Chun. David? Uh, for me, it's uh, meditation. Meditation? Yeah. Stephen? Twice a day. Every morning. Yeah. As, as I get older, I hear you older guys, maybe 10 years up on there, doing things like that. And I feel, I feel closer to doing stuff like that myself now. And when I'm younger, so the young 17-year-old guy who crashed into my car, whose fingers were bleeding, and I said, do you suffer with anxiety? And he goes, yes. And I said, uh, do you talk to people about it? And he, he sort of baking off, and I said, you know, why have you got so much anxiety in your life at 17? He said, I've just got so much going on. <laughs> How often do you take Apple for a proper walk? Every day, just about. Yeah, so is that not your And the thing about that is normally after this meeting, 12 o'clock, and it's Apple time. You know, and he's going, I just want to piss on everything. <laughs> and I'm going, hurry up, I've got things to do. You know? and, and often I'll record something on my phone or do something. But yeah, anyone else got things they when do? You, when you're 50 and you meditate, next year you're 49. The year after you're 48. Yeah. yeah. Really? Do meditation. Yeah. Oh my god, 50. Who would want to be 50? Me. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, point number one. I don't, I don't know this quote, but you guys will have seen it. It says, meditate for one hour a day unless busy. Then meditates for two. So if you are busy, you should actually spend more time not doing anything. Yeah. Right. It's really good stuff. Do I mean, you we walk need your to... dog without your phone? And why not? I love my phone. Because <laughs> you might fall over and break your ankle when you can't call an ambulance. That's right. That phone is just like... Who knows around Apple and train at the time? Alright. His it's... dog is called Apple. Yeah. Do not explain stuff. Yeah. 
we were talking about how you kind of become refreshed. Now, you, you may find this strange, but at, from uh, I take tours, and when I take a tour, I'll just come back from Mount Cook and Thank goodness uh, you didn't say, um, and no. I get refreshed by driving out through our Canterbury Plains, looking at our beautiful Torlesi Ranges to our Southern Alps, and I turn it around and another tour of a small tour operator who's very successful told me this, and he said, make it into your holiday. Make it into your... And I thought, what a great idea. And, and I, I, you know, I go, I drive out there and we stop and we stop at the places where I know they will get fantastic photos and we and we talk about all the Canterbury Plains and we talk about the farming and the, the, everything that goes out on those Canterbury Plains and I come back, I'm tired now but I'm really, I'm happy and I'm really uplifted mm. and so I've just changed it all around and mm. Then they, um, I, I got another job and they said, would you go back to Mount Cook? And I'm thinking, stuffed. <laughs> but, but to go back and, to, and I would go a slightly different way and, mm. you know, and, and, and I make it my own holiday. Mm. And so that's how I keep quite refreshed. So when I'm not actually taking tours um, and, and also Crabbage Tree Retreat, which my okay. garden is huge, massive. So... Um, I spend time out in the garden, which enhances cabbage tree retreat because mm. everything's out in lilies. So I, my place is full like of lilies, lilies, and that gives me up with them. That's how I do it. It's with right. Thank you. I think uh, going awesome. back to your real estate guy and also the industry groups, I mean, yeah, you're right. So many people go, oh, your competition, your competition. But it's also quite good to go to those groups because sometimes we actually just need reminding that we do know what we're talking about. Mm. And you sit there and go, oh, you know, why would someone do business with me? And blah, 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 blah. And then you go, because I actually know what I'm talking about. It's like Vicky it, taking a different route on well, the same yeah, trip. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. You know, I, I look at some of the, my competitors and, you know, they've been in business 30 years, but I've been in business 12 years and I do know what I'm doing. So really? So that's why I talk to people. Helen and I the house, just saying. Yep. Yeah. You're on my list. Oh, somebody else was asking. <laughs> somebody else was uh, needed a house. Oh, Liz, she's running yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She wants a big house like that dot com millionaire guy. Have you got one of those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but for three hundred bucks a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so, um, Julia. Um, um, I yes, I was just going to say that I find doing nothing, not relaxing. I have to be doing something with my brain yeah. that takes it right away from what I normally think about. So I'll attempt a, a new tune on the piano um, or I might make so something um, because I ha it has to give me, I have to have 100% concentration on that, which is the break from the usual that I'm doing. Um, and it's not until I finish that task, then I feel relaxed. Mm. Mm. I don't know if anyone else has got that. I can't play the piano. Maybe you should learn. Fur Lee's Beethoven is my favourite tune, just saying. Is it easy to play? Yeah. There's loads of things. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one because uh, if you played by ear, I probably could play. I'd have to memorise the whole song. Yep. But reading notes wouldn't work with me. It's called Suzuki. But that's the difference that yep. we, in entrepreneurship versus in education, I feel. Yeah. 
Uh, right, uh, David Clark's got a ball and so is the hero, so ladies for gentlemen, so David, please. <laughs> Is it beauty or woman's beauty? Once again, don't touch it. Just going on from that, because the, the essence of it is, in fact, changing our mindset, isn't it? You know, getting out of it. Because I can always remember, the thing that I really used to enjoy, and I still enjoy skiing, but the thing that I really used to enjoy about skiing was back in the day, I couldn't take a phone with me. And so when I was up there, I was totally, nobody could get in contact with me. I was there and I was focused on the scheme and what was happening with literally with my body and the charge I was getting out of the scenery and the speed and the, just the sheer joy of being able to do things well. And so it's that change in your mindset that in actual fact is the break that you need to relax before you recharge and head back into So target shooting was my thing. Yeah. And, and the reason I gave up the sport because my mind couldn't rest, and I started shooting off targets. See here? Oh, mine's waiting. Oh, yeah, wait there. Don't move. Don't mine's move. Wait. wait. Anyway, the question I wanted to throw out was: when you are exhausted and you're overwhelmed, does it mean one actually tell their clients or tell other people? Because I do. I cancel my diary. If I find I'm, I'm, in a, I'm not in a good place, I actually call my clients in the morning now I'm scheduled to see, say, I need to reschedule you because I cannot give you my best. What do you do? I call my clients and I cancel no, no, no. the appointment. No, no, what do you do for a... Oh, I'm a, what am I, mental fitness consultant. That's really cool. And I'm, I know I talk all the time, but I'm going to anyway. Podcasting. You cannot podcast if you're not in the right frame of mind. You can't. I used to do radio shows. You can't do radio yeah. if you're not in the state of mind. Yeah. So what but we're I talking about now is how to mood. switch your mind from a, a negative to a positive. One comment puts me down, and I try to get it. How do we flip that uh, into something positive when you feel that way? Who wants to have a go? I have one word. One word? Yeah, one word. I say play. I thought he was going to say drugs. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, play, did you play. say? Play. play. Using one word is really important. One word is really important because for the word play, I've got an entire dialogue in my history that emphasised what that word means. Right. So if you chose one word that you connected to this massive dialogue, that word's got immense powers. You don't need it like a a ten-word mantra or twenty-word statement you keep referring to. If you had one word, that dialogue is unique and flips things real quick. Now, everyone else's word in here would be completely different to mine. If we all took the word play, we'll all have different dialogue attached to it. So just picking one word is enough. So for me to go into state, I think play. All right, so a plan of attack would be another way. You have a plan of attack, you know? All right, so who was next? I I think it was either David or uh, Mark. Mark. They can't go together. doesn't sound right. Oh my gosh, All right, well, um, well, sort of just picking up on that relaxation thing, I think first of all you need to know what is it for you, because everyone is different. Um, I'm like Julia, I, I cannot just do nothing. And I, I cringe when people say, I'm looking forward to my holidays, I'm going to spend two weeks on the beach with a book. And whilst I like reading, I don't see that as relaxing at all. I'm, I'm the sort of person who would go to the beach and I'm, I'm looking for cliffs and bits and pieces to go and climb and scramble over and 
probably why I fell off one years ago and I've got a permanent injury for it. But it, never mind. Um, the, the other thing is that it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. And so my, my rethinking space happens usually once a week when I spend an hour and a half on my ride on Mark. And it's mindless stuff, but I actually enjoy doing it. And you just get out there, and that's, that's my time that I reflect. Get a get ride right on the map. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Any young, any Julia. I was just going to say um, that if I this morning I wasn't feeling 100% when I woke up, um, started to feel sorry for myself, and then I just thought, gee, I'm alive, I'm not burnt like all those poor people from the um, volcano. Um, and that, that immediately just lifted me out of sort of the slump that I was in. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's not that you always want to think there's always somebody worse off than you, but I guess there is. Mm. Um, but we, it's very easy to talk yourself into your own misery. Mm. Yeah, it's just getting to practice, getting out of it. How important is it for us not to, to get down? Well, we're human, we will. Yeah. Well, you have to be down to, to know what up is. Yeah. Oh, I don't think about that. Just thinking about Mr. Hillary, he would agree with that. Mm. All right, uh, Stephen, and then we'll go to David Clarkson, and I'll take in a few balls away. We've got six. Just no. interesting, the, the process of deciding who would, what would you give someone for 10 hours, I've always really not believed in myself and marketing of myself and my product. And I really want to show gratitude this year to Danny and everyone here because instead of delegating the marketing and not doing the marketing, I've actually stepped away from my team and said, I want you to do what I've been doing and I want to do the marketing. So this last six or eight months, I've got my first published in a book. Yeah. I got in the Abode magazine two months ago and now for the issue coming up for December, January, they have got my, they've approached me and they want to publish it, it's on the uh, cover. So I'm finding that people are now approaching me and wanting to publish my work. So it's gratitude to myself and belief in myself that my product's worthy of marketing. And I've, um, it's something that I wouldn't realize and I haven't done, and I, I, the, the energy's come from this group to do that. Thank you very much. Um, I call it game changers. And what game changer thing would make a dramatic difference in your business? I used the example this morning at the meeting that um, in a business networking company, doing away with industry-based groups isn't done, didn't do me any harm. Doing away with a three-month trial hasn't done me any harm. Um, doing away with presentations hasn't done me any harm. Three major things in my industry that I shouldn't do, but when you believe in yourself, you know, like we all just said that you don't believe you have any opposition. You know, we could be in the, um, putting five electricians together in the same room. They actually work better together. So, I mean, what I'm saying of you guys, you think of game changers, something that you could throw into your business that would be a game changer. Now, the guys that run this place have six um, uh, restaurants. And they were talking to me the other day, both multi-millionaires, very successful, you know, if you were to look at them on paper. And they were saying to me, how do we get our chefs to be loyal? And so we've had four chefs jump from one job to another job and it doesn't seem to matter what we offer them in money they just are loyal so there's another facet in business and you're thinking well I said what would um you know so that's obviously upsetting their industry so I, my challenge to them was well what's the game changer in your industry to get that back 
So, so one of our members was a drain layer, and it was quite an interesting scenario. And he said that he wants his partner to to be involved in the business, and he wants you to share in the passion of his business. And he said, drain pipes aren't very exciting to look at. And I said, don't even try. Find something that they're good at. And if it wraps around your business in some way, build another side to your business. But I'm thinking about that as well, and that one-man band thing. We all, it's very hard to diversify, but you have thoughts on that? David Clarkson? Yeah, just, I can always remember back in the day when we were taught about uh, remuneration and, and what, what worked and what didn't. I can't remember now who the lecturer was, but they said that money has a hygiene factor. And that is, up to a certain level, you want the money first and foremost, because that puts a roof over your head, clothes on your back, and food in the belly of yourself and your family. Okay? And once you get up to a certain level beyond that, no. Giving people extra money does not motivate them any further to do what you want them to do. It's got to then be the other factors. And one of the things that I find really interesting is that if you have a look at some of the intelligence-oriented industries like software development and all that sort of business, you look at those sorts of firms, invariably what they're, they're doing is the sort of thing that ANC has just been bollocked for, for not doing, for not looking after their staff for not providing quality environments, like you said, the leave, okay, it's, it's, it's all sorts of things, providing gyms for your folk or giving them subscriptions to go to various places, or whatever it is, whatever you decide is, is a motivator, you've got to keep trying until you find literally the key to which. But I was just going to say to you, and I was carrying on from what in part you talked to before, Julie and Steve were talking about, just want to relate a little story, I'm not sure whether I've told it here before or not. Because I believe a lot about how we feel about what we do and what we're doing depends on what's happening in here. I came back from the, flew back from London one day. Literally, it was a direct flight. I arrived in New Zealand at half past five, cleared customs by about half past six, seven o'clock, hopped on another plane at half past seven, flew to um, Tauranga, got off the plane, went and booked into my hotel, went to a Toastmaster convention and I'm walking out on the stage to take part in a New Zealand final competition. And I'm saying to myself, what are you doing, you dummy? You've just come all this way around the world and you're out here, you stupid twit. And then I just paused for a minute and I said, hey baby, this is what you do. And, and that's it. It's what's happening in here. This is the driver. And there's an old saying, if you want to be happy, be happy. <laughs> you know, make a decision. You're going to be happy. I'm going to be successful. Make a decision. Whether we're by ourselves in a company or we're an executive for a company or whatever it is, whether we're... Have that attitude. Do you uh, who's going to evaluate what Dave just said? All those trespassers, I know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Julia? Um, going on from what you were saying, uh, that it's, 
the, the hygiene factors, you know, in business side, your environment, your policies and procedures that you have in place, and you know, does that allow you to buy good equipment so to let people work comfortably? All those little things that, if they don't work, people notice them. Um, but when they do work, people don't notice them. But the, I, the 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 core of what we do in business is: does it meet what our values are, mm-hmm. and and the why? Mm-hmm. So. Um, if you're employing people, it's understanding them and what their values are, sharing what your values are, and do they meet? Um, and sharing the, the vision for your business, why I'm in business, because free entrepreneurs from the, the day-to-day headaches of running their own business. So um, if you've got people around you that follow that and understand it, much more likely to have synergy in there. So it's, it's, it's quite complex, because people are complex in our thoughts and feelings in our minds and we all bring our past with us into the workforce so there's no not one easy fix but understanding who you are what you do why you do it and the people around you that work with you takes you in a step towards the right direction Elise I've got so much to say you've got one minute just kidding (laughs) Um, first and foremost um, be happy like we were talking about all that kind of stuff before in um um, if I um, messaged my clients and told them that I couldn't see them for personal reasons, I would be in a lot of trouble because a lot of the stuff I do is very time efficient. Um, I remember a few years ago, I went through quite a bit of crap with um, divorce and stuff, lots of fun stuff. Um, and it was probably the worst time of my life, and my life was pretty crap. But the thing that got me through was work because I had to drive to an appointment and I might be feeling like life is crap and then I'd be like, okay, I've got to go see this client. I'm not the sad sick under the rug when I see that client. I am I am professional, I am passionate, I'm enthusiastic. And sometimes the whole fake it till you make it works because, you know, I was like, I'm happy, I'm excited and so I'm going to this appointment, I've been in tears and I'm boosting myself up, I get in there and by the end of the appointment I'm feeling great till reality hits again but (laughs) but for those moments of faking it and getting it out there you know, the the clients wouldn't have known and it was that kind of pushing myself up that got me through that crap Um, when it comes to uh, teams and like money and stuff for for us and in our company it's about culture so, like, we've got very, um, from the start, we've had vision and mission statements and that we have put in place from when there was just Holly and I, and we would get all excited about that stuff. But um, now that the team's expanding, it's so cool for us to see what our vision is kind of uh, coming to life and, and having other amazing people in our team that can see what we're about and what we're passionate about and bringing that service back into the industry. Because um, like, working together in industries is great, but there's always going to be some people in the industry that you're like, I do a way better job than that. That's, that's boosting. Um, and sometimes having the same industries in a group can be both great if they're the same, if they've all got the same ethos, but if they don't have the same ethos, that's when you have problems because if you've got multiple people in a networking group that have different ethos on how they do work, one's going to be, yeah, one's going to be thinking life's great and the other one's just getting grumpy because they're like, 
that's not how it should be done or you're blatantly lying to this whole group. So that's when you can have um, conflict between synergies. But if you've got people that you know in your industry that you trust and that have the same ethos and the same culture within themselves, it makes it a lot easier. Um, how long have you been married for? A month. <laughs> Happily remarried. Life is good. Um, um, what I got out of that myself was the fact that um, I believe that you hang around people who share the same values at any cost. I mean, you know, business networking company, yes, great prestige being the biggest, but now I'm proud to say we're a niche and we specialise. And that, that is where I've been going wrong. You know, so think about, you know, one man band, and we still bring instruments along and have a jam session. <laughs> we, we're all different, aren't we? <laughs> Um, Nick, uh, your systems and processes, Nick? Yeah, um, I fully agree on the culture and getting everyone heading in the same direction. That's That will that makes a huge difference to what's going on and money doesn't kind of motivate people after it. That is what it, motivates it's people. It's to a point, yeah. but it's, that it's the other stuff that makes people stuck. Yeah. But on the note of the chefs disappearing, did anyone actually ask them why they left? Yeah. Did anyone has and before they left, were they checking in with their staff on whether they were happy on what was happening? Thank you. <laughs> um, whether they were happy, what was happening, what how actually the feel of what was going on in the businesses? Did did anyone check in with them? Did anyone care, or did they only care after they left? I wish they would join in in this meeting. Yeah, you know that's the that, because when you get to a certain level, you start just doing things your way or the highway. Uh, but when you put in empathy, values, uh, passion, um, why do people chef? They don't, you're a chef, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Why, why did you chef? Did you uh, did you need a job? No, I loved it. Right. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So but you leave in the end yeah. because the hours and the the environment don't suit. They don't fit with life. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, do they do like one on ones? Or in our business, they call Bob's and Bruce's, but like monthly catch-ups to see where they're at, what they're like, what where they're going right, where they're going wrong, and keeping that, um, like knowing what's happening with people. Yeah. Um, very good. I really enjoyed. It. I've been looking forward to this chat all week. It's a pretty good one. I, th I think the reality of it is that we're all like playing our own music. Uh, the, the honest truth of it, when you start making enough money. To cover your overheads, then you have more freedom to do what you like in, in your business and play a different tune every now and again. If you thought about diversifying in your business, what's some other instruments you could introduce? <laughs> so many instruments. Yeah. Or do you just focus on doing your drum well? Stick to this. Yeah. Um, Rob? Yeah, I had a thought before. Uh, when I left school, I. Just before you get started. Rob's one-man band scenario has uh, this whole week's been going because he came up with it. So kudos to Rob for coming up with the one-man scenario. Anyway, carry on. Being school. Uh, when I left school, I had all the qualifications I needed and a stutter, and I literally went for a hundred interviews and I couldn't get a job. So I played cricket one weekend and I worked out that that a relation of a person that was in the team was into horses. I loved horse racing. I worked in horses for two years for no money. And every time I got asked or, or, or told, you don't have to come at the weekend, I was gutted. 
because I wanted to be there every hour of every day to work with the horses and to learn. And I didn't need any money at all. And if I had been told, you can go away from the horses for 10 hours and get a person in to do something, I, I wouldn't do it. And I think that um, if I look at everybody else in that industry, they love the industry. I, right. In fact, I've never seen an industry like harness racing. It is really unique. And I think that um, the question that I've, I've wondered is that if we had that person in for 10 hours each week and we gave them jobs, what would we be doing with that 10 hours? Because would we be trying to learn more about what we do, make more money, or do we not have the option to make any extra money or to learn more? Have we reached the end of that? And so you're like, we hunt around, you're like, to do all the other work because you're like, we don't have anything else to do with that 10 hours. Hard work, 90 hours working. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point though. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, sorry, Danny, there's a ball here that yeah. is out of your peripheral vision. Oh, and this will be good. I was just coming back to um, what you're saying about your viewpoint stuff, and, and your mental viewpoint's really important how you look at things. And I saw an analogy this, um, the last week where when you think about a baby trying to walk, it tries to stand up and it falls over, and everyone's like, wow, oh, great job, try again. And it stands up and it falls over. No one gives a shit about it's falling over. But as we grow older, we change our focus to all be about the falling over and not about all the standing up that's going on. You know? And it's all about that viewpoint about changing it to look at what are the things that you've done really well or what are the little little wins that you've had that's standing up rather than and forget about the fall over because the fall over you can stand up again. Yeah. And it's what we do with when we look at kids and we encourage them and Babies stand out, yet as soon as we get older, we all focus on the fact about falling over rather than all the achievements that I, I believe mindset and keeping a positive is everything. So, when was the first four, uh, four minute mile ran? Anyone know what date that was? 1959. Yeah. 1959? Yeah. Roger Bannister. Roger, Roger Bannister. Bannister. Now, yeah. before that four minute mile was ran, people said it was unhumanly possible for the man to get up to that speed and do a four minute mile. How many people have done the four-minute mile since? Heaps. Thousands. Over 20,000 people. So because we know it's attainable, you know, and this is what our thinking is, I think entrepreneurial thinking or we can get up and do this ourselves, because no one's set the limitations. I really struggle with um, universities and education, probably because I can't retain it. But, you know, because I'm out there trying things myself, I'm sort of an adventurer or an explorer, and then people, how did you do that? Who are educated asking me that question always makes me chuckle. Just a, a reflection yeah. of that. I haven't done it in years, but we used to we used to have a, an activity in the courses that I belong to and we used to say, take your your, your thumb and move it round until you start your shoulder starts to tighten up and you can't move it any further. You can't Look, find a spot that reflects how far your arm got, come back again, and then turn around and look right behind you. 
and see what happens. If you see that in your mind's eye, then take your arm around. You'll get right around there before that tightness starts up again. It's what we see in our mind's eye that determines what Good illustration on a podcast. It is a good illustration. But, uh, sorry, about, hey, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> he just did the. Um, yeah, what do they call that when they beat themselves? Helen and then um, Elise. Um, I watched this really, really good documentary on Netflix that I recommend, and it's called Heal. I don't know whether anyone's seen it. It'd be really good for you to watch, actually. Um, and it's about positive mindset and how people have cured diseases from positive mindset. And some of these people, and I'm not saying this happens to everybody, but some of these people have had stage four cancer that is gone because of their positive mindset. And I was, I actually wrote some of it down because it's just so interesting. There was nine ways of healing your body and things like radically changing your diet, taking control of your health, following your intuition, using herbs, supplements, and releasing suppressed emotions, like forgiving people for things instead of keeping all those in. Um, increasing positive emotions, embracing social support, deepening your spiritual connection and having a strong reason for living. And what they were saying is whatever's in your heart that you feel um, transmits to your brain. So if you're feeling really sad, you know, you're going to emit really sad vibes. So it was saying um, the quality of the signal determines what the brain does in that response. So however you're feeling comes out in your brain. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really interesting documentary, Heal. Oh, and it said one of the biggest things to um, disease is stress. Yeah. 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 Um, Just going back to perspective, like kind of what you were talking about, I don't know if anyone's seen it because I'll stalk off. And there was like a picture of a lady with her hand up on a cliff trying to get pulled up and a guy at the top holding her hand. And what she could see is him trying to pull her up, but what she couldn't see is he had a rock on him. And he couldn't he could see her over the cliff, but he couldn't see the snake biting her arm. So it's like that whole uh, idea of what your perspective is and what my because you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you don't know what that person's like when someone gets angry at you, is it because something terrible has just happened in their life and rather than getting angry straight back, so it's that whole kind of I've got a silly example, it's not related, I'll tell you anyway. There's a guy in a concentration camp, and he's been there for years, and he's finally managed to escape. He's in the jungle, and um, as he goes through the hole in the fence, he, um, he starts walking quite fast, and then he hears the lights come on, and the sirens go off, and all of a sudden he realises they've discovered he's, he's um, escaped. So now he starts running, and he, he gets into the forest, he's running through all the, the trees and all that, then he hears the the police dogs and he sees spotlights and he starts panicking and all of a sudden he sees a clearing and he goes here's my break and he runs through the clearing and as he runs through the clearing he actually runs over a cliff and uh, and then he's, he's feeling all the branches as he falls and he manages to stop his fall by hanging onto one branch and he's hanging on this branch for dear life and then a gentle familiar voice from behind says hey mate let go of the branch and he turns around and he's half a foot off the ground yeah, sort of similar but different. Yeah, but I think the small things you hang on to sometimes. Not related, but oh, that was a nice story. And saying that's just coming out of concentration camp. Well, I think what I've got, I'm doing takeaways now because I want to something else. But this, the scenario I get out today, I personally feel that your mindset is paramount, the most important thing. 
if you're feeling down and uh, miserable uh, and something's not snapping quite right, talk about it with anyone that you can. Don't talk about me because I'm not here over the next three weeks. But if um, find somebody to talk to and don't not talk about it. But having a positive mindset to me, you can accomplish lots. And I think that's the strength um, of this. Um, takeaways for today and a new topic for Think Tank Meeting 2020. How did you survive Bangladesh? <laughs> yeah. Bangladesh. Um, I don't relax. People say I have a relaxing holiday and I said I'd rather shoot myself in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to, what was the guy that talked about Mike Catton's thing? Actually, talking about Mike Catton, he um, has this thing where he leads by example. And we're all talking about hanging around people that share uh, same values. But if you have outstanding values and outstanding qualities and you lead by examples and you set the, the course the way you want to live your life, you'll probably find a lot of those people that are negative and they've got the mixed emotions fall off. That's mm. right. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, Rob? Yeah, I have um, a little takeaway that I actually told her the other day, right, which is going to contradict a few things here. Is that a lady rang me up you know, like a few years ago and she wanted a job and I instant, instantaneously dismissed it. But I did take her number out of courtesy. About an hour later, I was thinking, actually, maybe that could work. I rang her back and she was really nice on the phone. She turned up and we're talking about shared values. We had no shared values, man. <laughs> All right, she turns up. She's got dreadlocks right down to the ground, not what I imagined whatsoever. Her, her and I got on like a house on fire. <laughs> now, how we viewed what I did was completely different. To me, it is you know, like my main income. To her, it's you know, like to get out of the house, right? And after you know, like a month, you know, like and uh, she worked out how I operate. You know, like she's offering small things here and there. Annoyed the hell out of me until I realised the alterations were better than what I was doing. You have to realise that the small jobs that you're doing, you you are not necessarily doing them as well as anybody else could, and you sometimes have, have to let another person play an instrument you can't let go of. Nah, buy the CD. <laughs> buy the CD. Alright, hey, it's been awesome. Hey, thank you very much. As I said throughout the meeting, it's been my best year for the last 10. So I hope um, you guys have had a good year as well. And if not, let's do something about it next year. Uh, maybe next year we can talk about um, changes, because uh, that's probably a really good topic. Changes or like focuses? Yeah, well people don't like change, that's my point on the changes. Yeah, but it changes change. one thing, but focus is a bit more positive, like focusing on things that you can do better, rather than changes because nothing. Mm. Focus change. How are you going to set up that new Just <laughs> on a positive frame. Positive. Just if you had a clear vision in 2020. Oh, 2020 vision? Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's the name yeah. of the meeting. 2020 vision. Oh, boy. Who thought we'd get to 2020? Oh, not We're not there yet. That's not fantastic. Has anyone got any jokes?
I need a joke. <laughs> Anyone got any mottos? Oh, procrastination. Oh, time, especially if you can't. One more time, David. Oh, no, that's a nice, loud voice. What did you say? I said, procrastination is the thief of time, especially if you can't spell it. <laughs> I can spell time. Well, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe and bookmark and do that thumbs up thingy on the computer. And hopefully, I've got the full recording because what I'm saying will be wasted otherwise. Have a great day.